Whenever the topic of locum tenens comes up, more often than not it focuses on a physician's ability to practice medicine across the country, and even across the globe. And while that's all well and good for understanding this line of work, we rarely get to know what the locum lifestyle is really like. But we're in luck, because my guest today has not only worked as a locum tenens doc for more than 30 years, he's also written a book on that experience. And bonus, he's a fellow ReachMD host. Coming to you from the ReachMD studios in Fort Washington, Pennsylvania, this is the ReachMD Book Club. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz, and today I'm joined by my comrade-in-arms, Dr. Andrew Wilner, distinguished neurologist and the author of the book, The Locum Life, A Physician's Guide to Locum Tenens. Dr. Wilner, thanks so much for joining me on the other side of a ReachMD interview. Oh, it's a pleasure, Matt. Thank you. Great to have you with us. So why don't we go right into it? Why write this book on the locum life, and why now? Well, as you know, I'm a writer, and this is my fourth book. So after I finished my third book, I was thinking, well, gee, what what do I know something about that I could write about? Because, of course, that's when you're a writer, that's the number one thing. You have to write about something that, that you know, or at least something that you're willing to learn about if you're going to make a whole book out of it. And I realized that I started doing locum tenens in uh, 1982, uh, long before it was really part of the kind of mainstream uh, options. And and then I was kind of provoked, you know, there's been a huge uh, interest in non-clinical careers for physicians and burnout. And I was thinking, you know, it's a shame that, that some physicians are, are leaving clinical practice you know, just because their situation isn't good and they really don't see other options when locum tenens is an option for physicians to continue to practice medicine, but really on their own terms, or even to bridge to a non-clinical career. But it's, it's, a, uh, it's a tool that I thought many physicians weren't really aware of. And then I thought, you know, I have a lot of my own stories. I worked in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Minneapolis, uh, St. Paul, downtown, in New London, Connecticut, Southern California. And of course, there were travel experiences that were kind of interesting. And then there were, you know, the, the medical experiences, because Regardless of where you work, when it's just you face-to-face with, with the patient, there's always uh, challenges. So I think all that was kind of bouncing around in my head, and I just started writing kind of chapter by chapter, gee, let's talk about you know travel or malpractice, or should I use an agent or not? And uh, before I knew it, I had the outline of a book. So would you say that this book is mainly intended for those who are now considering moving in on this lifestyle or choosing this line of of career, including those that you mentioned are in that that place where the alternative seems to be maybe moving out of clinical practice altogether? There was a recent survey by one of the locum tenens agencies where they found that 11.5% of physicians, when asked, were considering trying locum tenens. So that's a pretty big number if you realize there's a million physicians in the United States. I think if someone's been practicing locums uh, like myself for uh, decades, uh, they might not need the book. But even someone who's done it once or twice, I think there are some practical tips there that might uh, smooth the way for them and make their uh, lives uh, more efficient in terms of getting assignments and completing assignments 
and probably uh, more uh, productive. Well, why don't we dive into those practical tips? But before we do, obviously there's been a pretty sharp evolution in this type of practice over the years. And as someone who's got in on it pretty much from the infancy uh, and has helped shape its development over the years, how far has locum tenens come from your vantage point? Well, I think it really has changed to be much more of the uh, mainstream. And one statistic is uh, back in early uh, 2000s, there were about 25,000 physicians uh, working locums. And many of those doctors were uh, older physicians, kind of pre-retirement. And frankly, some were physicians who had trouble getting a full-time job. Today, there are over 50,000 physicians practicing locums, and many of these physicians are very high qualified, and it's no longer sort of the place to go when you can't find a job. Um, it's much more, there's a huge need. Uh, the other statistic is that 94% of hospital facilities used at least one locums physician. So the demand is enormous. And so it's become a much more kind of appealing, you know, when it's a, when it's a buyer's market and you have options, it becomes uh, an appealing alternative. And then there's a big negative also that has driven uh, locums. And that's the fact that many physicians no longer own their own practices. 2016 was the first year that more physicians were employed by others rather than owning their own practice. You know, I, I finished my training a long time ago. And in those days, your sort of path was you would uh, hang up your shingle and buy a building, you know, get to know the community and you'd work there for 30 or 40 years. So physicians who had practices like that weren't very mobile. You know, you can't sort of take off a month or two and go work in Alaska as a locums doctor, leaving your patients behind and your overhead behind. <laughs> you know, that just wasn't practical. But now with physicians who are employed, many with contracts that can be terminated in uh, 90 days, you know, for no particular reason, the mobility of the physician workforce uh, has changed dramatically. And of course, this makes these physicians much more uh, sort of amenable to the locum tenens of life. So in a way, this career path is adapting not just to meet demands uh, for patient care, but also to meet the changing rolling of the tide of how practice uh, is changing. It's not as fixated in a single place anymore. Uh, it's not related to uh, owning practices as much anymore. And this is adaptive in some ways to that changing paradigm in practice. Yeah, it's a response. And in fact, I was talking to a hospital administrator who was kind of bemoaning the fact that he had to hire a locums because uh, they can be more expensive than a, than a full-time uh, physician. And he said, oh, these doctors, they just want to travel and take time off and then come work really hard and then go somewhere else. And I said, well... <laughs> What are you offering them that's better? Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of your job. If you want them to come and stay, you've got to offer them something uh, better. And that was like a light bulb went off, you know. It's like th there's a reason people are doing this. <laughs> 
For those just tuning in, you're listening to the ReachMD Book Club. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz, and with me is author and fellow ReachMD host, Dr. Andrew Wilner, to talk about his unique career path highlighted in his book, The Locum Life, A Physician's Guide to Locum Tenens. So I mentioned right there um, that your own career path has obviously influenced many of your views towards uh, locum tenens as a practice and a lifestyle. Just give us a, a little bit more background on how you came into it, what your perspectives have been over the years, and how you approach it now. Well, locums has helped me a few times over the years in, in different ways. I think one way that it helps physicians as today in particular is something I discovered a long time ago, which is for work-life balance. Recently, I was working locums and having a, a great time. I was at the Mayo Clinic in uh, Phoenix for a year and a half. I was in Minneapolis, St. Paul, but my life circumstance changed and, and that happens to people. Uh, I got married for the first time and we were planning on having a baby. So I thought, you know, maybe it would be nice to have a full-time job where I didn't do so much traveling because in my locums jobs, usually I would work a week on, week off. And in Minnesota, I would fly from Phoenix to Minnesota, work a week, 24-7, fly back to Phoenix, have a week off, fly back to Minnesota. And I didn't really mind the travel, but I thought, you know, this may not be all that practical if I'm married and have a baby. I don't know. So I started hunting around for a full-time job. And the beauty of locums was that I looked for two years because I didn't have the pressure that I had to find a, you know, the job right now. I interviewed in uh, Portland, Oregon with a job that I probably would have taken if I didn't have locums to fall back on, but it wasn't really what I wanted. I found a really high paying job in Virginia, but it really wasn't what I wanted. And so I let it go and I went back to locum. So I did this a few times over the two years. And then I stumbled on this job in Memphis and I interviewed there and I, I really, really liked it. And I thought, you know, that job, that job might work for me. But there were some things about it that I, I needed to insist on. I liked my week on, week off. So I told them that, you know, that's the way it's got to be. And I gave them my salary range, which was a little different than they had in mind. But I said, well, that's the way it's got to be. And I was willing to walk away from this permanent position because I had locums and I was very happy. So it really allowed me to to relax and to negotiate. And I, I don't, I haven't read many of these, you know, how to negotiate books, but uh, in my own experience, you have to be ready to, you know, when you're bargaining in, in a market in Asia, you got to be willing to walk away, right? And if you're willing to walk away, you have a little bit of leverage. And so locums allowed me to, uh, to sort of, to negotiate. And I eventually, I took that job. I have it now. I'm associate professor of neurology at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center. I work every other week. I work very, very hard on my seven days on. And a lot of my seven days off is uh, also work in that I prepare lectures and grand rounds and cases. But it's the schedule that I wanted. And I think I never really, I never would have gotten that job if, if it hadn't been for locums. 
Right. That's a really interesting story from the trenches, as you put it in your book. But as I see, you've also uh, connected with and drawn from a wide range of specialties and experience levels through other people's stories. Is there a, a representative story in addition to your own that has stood out for you that you want to share with our audience today? I worked in Minnesota on this every other week. There was another guy who worked the other week. But of course, I never saw him. Uh, because I would fly out Monday morning and he'd fly in Sunday night and maybe we crossed at the airport and now and then, but, uh, you know, when he was sitting at the desk, uh, I wasn't, I wrote to him and I said, how come you're doing locums, you know, at the same place I'm doing locums? What, what's your story? And it was a great story. This guy, he's a neurologist about my age. He'd been in practice for a long time in private practice in the, uh, Northwest. He loved it there. He loved seeing patients. But his group was an economic disaster. And every year they were making less money, working harder. I think there were some conflicts for this and that. Anyway, the whole practice was clearly going down the drain. And he wanted to quit. The problem was that he had a two-year non-compete. So that even if he quit, he couldn't work across the street or anywhere else, you know, within a prescribed territory where he could get a job. So he'd have to move and he didn't want to move. He, he and his wife, very happy there. He loved the area. And so he really felt stuck. And uh, I think that's the other thing about locums. When physicians feel stuck, it, it's an option to get unstuck. So he told me that he was, you know, that he had a lot of trepidation about locums and he was back and forth with an agent over the phone for a year. And then finally he realized, you know, this could work for him because he could work locums outside of the non-compete area, you know, fly for a week and come back home and let the two years run out. So that's exactly what he did. He quit the job and uh, got a great job doing what I was doing in Minnesota. And he did a couple other jobs. And so the whole irony of the story is when the two years were up and he could find another job where he lived, he had sort of been exposed to so many other options in his locums uh, positions during those two years that he got an even better job on the East Coast that he never would have considered if he hadn't tried locums. Well, Dr. Wilner, there are about a hundred more questions I could ask you on this area. Um, your experience is obviously rich. You know a lot of people who have done this, a lot of stories to share. But unfortunately, we are out of time. <laughs> and as always, it is great connecting with you on the airwaves from any vantage point. Having you on the other side of the hot seat is always a lot of fun. But a very special thanks to you for sharing this personal story and your experiences as a locum tenant stock and author. It's great having you on the program today. Oh, thanks very much, Matt. It was my pleasure. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz. For comments and questions, check out this episode and more from the ReachMD Book Club at ReachMD.com. And thanks for listening. <laughs>